Welcome to the Generous Life podcast put on by the National Christian Foundation of South Florida. I am Stefan Chivijan, the president and co-founder of NCF South Florida, and it is my great pleasure today to introduce Brad Schmidt. Brad is the director of Equip. You remember I talked about Invest, Equip, Unite as our three expressions of what it means to live a generous life. Therefore, we are privileged to have Brad Schmidt join us today. I'm really excited about today's topic because it is one of the profound parts of the National Christian Foundation of South Florida. It frankly makes us unique. A number of years ago, uh, as we were serving our clients, many of which are business leaders, some of them are founders of a business concept, some of them are investors into a business, some of them inherited a business, but many of them are people that find themselves in the f- business world. What that means is that each and every day they get up and they go out there and they slay those dragons. And uh, when you are a follower of Christ, Oftentimes, you find there's a conflict or at least a perceived conflict of how do I become a really good business leader and at the same time um, have integrity in my faith? Do I have to compromise my faith in order to be a good business leader? And that's just something that we asked ourselves as we were serving our clients over the last 20 years. And we really had a burden to say, how can we come alongside and help equip our business leaders to be excellent in what they do, not only in the business world, but also excellent in their faith. And so it is a very important part of what we do. You'll hear us talk about invest, equip, unite as the three pillars of what it means to live a generous life here at National Christian Foundation of South Florida. So today we get to talk about equip, and I have the distinct pleasure of introducing a colleague of mine, Mr. Brad Schmidt, who has joined our team and really helps us unpack this area, lead this area, explore this area. And so um, I think you're in for quite a wonderful treat today. Brad, welcome to the Generous Life Podcast. Good to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did uh, people who may not know you, who, who's this Brad Schmidt character that's now part of the NCF team? Sure. Yeah, so I um born and raised here in South Florida in downtown Fort Lauderdale. So I'm uh, one of the few natives uh, here in South Florida and I'm a Presbyterian minister, so spent, you know, uh the last 20 years um pastoring a church. Um my wife Lane uh runs her own company. She's a business coach and an entrepreneur herself. Um, I've helped start uh, a company as well. So there's always been like this entrepreneurial vibe inside of our home. There's the pastoral vibe inside of the home. And so I've always found the intersection of faith and work really interesting, especially uh, spiritually forming a community in this city. It's been very important. And so uh, yeah, I'm a part of the team now at NCF. I actually found Stefan. I mean, I don't know if you remember this. I found my way in to NCF through Church United. I remember a- that. As a pastor and just right. hearing that Church United was getting more interested in the intersection of faith and work, I found myself going, oh, I want to help. I want to participate. And that's, um, yeah, that's initially how I got connected here. So a true Floridian. Yep. They're rare. Yep. 
your wife's in the business world as well. Correct. Uh, you've, you are a little bit of a hybrid in the sense that you have this pastoral mantle upon you. Um, at the same time, you have this distinct interest in business. You're involved in business. You even have a business language about you. Um, maybe explain a little bit where sometimes there is that distance between what we call the sacred and the secular. There's this seems to be a perception sometimes out there that, you know, if you are really serious about your faith, you're really surrendered um, to Christ, that you will go into, quote-unquote, full-time ministry yeah. – Versus, I'm just going to become a business leader or a businessman sure. or woman. Explain that. Sure. Well, I think you know the research out of Barna. They said um, I think it's 78 percent of Christians in America compartmentalize their faith in their work, so mm. they actually see it as separated. I think it's like you know just over 20 percent of people can actually connect the dots. Mm. Um, which is interesting because, you know, I think of what Paul said in the New Testament, you know, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Mm. And just think about it. I mean, if you can't connect your work to something bigger than yourself, connect it to God, you're spending the majority of your waking life not worshiping. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, what, a third of your life is working, a third of it is sleeping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you can't worship within your work, then I think we've got a big, a big theological problem on our hands, a big worship problem on our hands. And the thing that really grounded me, Stefan, in this idea of integration of faith and work was, was the scriptures. I mean, you go back to the beginning and you have this, uh, this, this Hebrew word for work, mm. which is really fascinating. So I often tell people, um, you know, th I'll do a little thought experiment. So for those listening right now, they can do this thought experiment. When you think of the word work, what do you think of? And most people, Stefan, nine to five, cubicle, thank God it's Friday, cubicle somewhere, yeah. digging a ditch, yeah, you know, yeah. building a building. Yeah, manual labor. When you think of the word um, service, like community service, most people think like what? Painting a house, Habitat for Humanity on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, when you say, okay, think of the word worship, most people think hands raised, hands music. raised, music. I'm a Presbyterian, so we, you know, no we don't raised. we don't raise our hands, but uh, I've seen people do that, so I'm familiar <laughs> with the concept. Um, but you know, in our English language, we have these different words for these different concepts. But in the Hebrew language, what I discovered is there's one word that means all of those things, mm, and it's the, it's the Hebrew word avodah. So, you know, God puts two people in a garden in Genesis 1 and 2 and says, uh, garden it, avodah it, labor at it, take care of it, work it. And the Hebrew word for work is avodah. Mm. Draw a line from there to uh, Exodus, you know, uh, let my people go so they may avodah me. It's the Hebrew word for worship there. Mm. Draw a line from there to Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the word for serve there is the word avodah. And so the ancients understood this seamlessness. They never compartmentalized their faith in their work, their Sunday and their Monday. It was all integrated. And that's really the heartbeat of the work that I get to do at NCF, the work we get to do through the equip vertical, is help people connect their Sunday and their Monday. So that's that's what kind of gets me excited about the work. So if it 
if we find that in Scripture, and I think it's fascinating, that, that word, am I pronouncing it right, avodah? Yeah. Okay. Good. It'll become a word hopefully we popularize <laughs> here uh, through this podcast, will avodah. And that's fascinating to think that it's work, worship, and service, all the same thing. Yep. If this is where it's starting, you, you ref- reference back in Genesis, you mm-hmm. reference the Old Testament as well. Um, where did it? Where did it go awry? Where did all of a sudden this wall get built between again the sacred and the secular? Is that in the early church? Is that through church history? Was there a time when all of a sudden there was a different thinking around work and faith? Yeah, I mean, even when even when the New Testament was written, it was written into a very dualistic framework where people thought the spiritual things were good. And if you were into philosophy, uh, that was really blessed by God, but manual labor Mm. was something that was cursed by God. I think it was like the ancient philosopher Cicero who said Mm. that the person who gives themselves over to manual labor is as good as a slave. Mm. And that's how they saw it as very demeaning. And then in comes Paul in the New Testament going, hey, Remember Genesis 1 and 2, and it was this revolutionary idea. So I I find that throughout history, and you see it again in the Middle Ages, you see a lot of the dualism back, the, you know, heavenly things are good, earthly things are bad, spiritual things are good, material things are bad. You find over time that this, this ethic of work that's in the Bible really confronts the cultural notion of it. And I, I think... According to Barner Research, we're having that moment again mm-hmm. where we need to rediscover the, I'm going to call it this old word, the biblical doctrine of work, mm-hmm. which is really refreshing. And just think of all the meaning that people are missing out mm-hmm. of. How many people are losing purpose in their work, mm-hmm. happiness in their work? I mean, if you can't connect it to anything bigger than yourself, that might explain it. Yeah, and I think yeah. it makes it makes it for a wonderful aha moment, and I, I've actually seen that with many of our uh, NCF family members, clients, uh, teammates that all of a sudden seem to have this moment where they look at their work completely different. Mm-hmm. It's almost a a renewal. It's uh, it's refreshing. They maybe have been laboring in something for twenty years, perhaps have lost a little bit of its zest, its zeal. Again, super compartmentalized, and all of a sudden they begin to see and explore differently. I think you've said it well in terms of going back to Genesis and the idea of gardening. Yeah. And and, and how do I, as a school teacher, garden? How do I, as an entrepreneur, garden? How do I, as a lawyer, garden? Unpack that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the the metaphor in the Bible for work is gardening. Mm-hmm. God puts two people in a, in a garden and says, garden it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was um, Tim Keller um, and Catherine Alsdorf wrote a great book called Every Good Endeavor where they unpacked this and they used a, a working definition of work that I really appreciate. They said, work is taking the raw materials of creation and developing it for the sake of others. Mm. That's what the gardener does. They take the soil, the seed, the water, the dirt, and they rearrange it for the flourishing of the community, right? So plants that are feeding people, you've got flowers that are giving beauty to the community. And the point is that all work is essentially gardening. Mm. So, you know, you, you mentioned, I think, the school teacher, 
what is the school teacher doing? They're taking the raw material of the subject and the the positioning of the child and all the surrounding elements, and they're developing it all for the sake of learning, mm-hmm. right? You take the attorney. The attorney is a gardener. They're taking the raw material of uh, testimony and research and facts and circumstances, and independent, those things don't provide justice. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to come into the middle of it and actually garden it, develop it for the sake of the client so that the client can have something beautiful called, mm. we call it justice. Mm. And so that's, um, I think, what all of us can tap into. Mm. I think it's a great first question when you're thinking about how do I get more meaning in my work? How is my work like gardening? Yeah. So when we find ourselves thinking that way, which again, I f- think is very refreshing, I found that there are times when I'm tempted to think differently. Um, I know colleagues, friends of mine that will sometimes think, as a follower of Christ, life is difficult. The world seems to be getting worse and worse. I can't wait for Jesus to come back, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm out of here. Sort yeah. of this, I'm out of here, kind of yeah. let me just trudge through life. Yeah. It's a burden I carry, you know, can't wait for it. And regardless of what your view is on eschatology and all that kind of stuff, the point is the Bible talks about the return of Christ, whether it's in our yeah. lifetime or at some point, and we sort of are just crossing our fingers waiting for the rescue. Yeah. And yet, if I'm hearing you correctly, and Scripture seems to back it up, is that I am call, I have a calling on my life here and now. It's not just Correct. wait for the moment to get out of here. Correct. So, you yeah. know, how, how, how do we frame that as we get up every day and go to work yeah. and think of it differently? Well, I mean, the great cry of the church through the ages has been, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth mm-hmm. as it is in heaven. And I think um, you can start there to get inspiration. You could look at the end of the Bible to get inspiration. And what you find is not a picture of humanity leaving this rotting, decaying earth to go up into the sky. You see God in the sky coming down from heaven Mm. to renew it and to restore it. And uh, one theologian uh, said, uh, as a result, matter matters. Because God is coming to rescue matter, this very earth. He he created the earth, and even though it's tainted and it's got uh, it, its brokenness through our sin and through our rebellion, there is a plan by God to restore all things mm. to Himself. Mm. And uh, and in the in the text it says um, that He is making all things new. Mm. Doesn't say He's making all new things. Isn't that right. interesting? He's yeah, saying He's making all things new. This world that you and I care about, the broken systems in this world, God has a plan to renew it, restore it. And I think if you t- if you begin to tap into that, you find that your work has cosmic meaning. It does. I think that's why Saint Paul said, "Your labor in this world is not in vain." Like if in the context, if God is going to resurrect the world, if our broken bodies are going to be restored and resurrected, what kind of hope should we have? And he said, your labor in this world is not in vain. Yeah. So we should be the least likely people to walk through this world with an escapism mentality. Mm-hmm. Like my work is in vain. I'm just, was it polishing 
the brass of the mm-hmm. Titanic. I actually saw Titanic last week with my son mm-hmm. who was out in theaters. <laughs> you know how it ends. Yeah, I know how it ends, but okay. uh, but uh, you know that that saying of polishing mm-hmm. the brass of the Titanic, the sinking ship, that is not our faith. Yeah. And so I find that to be part of the work we get to do here at NCF is help people tap into that big story. Yeah, and I find that invigorating. I find that creates a lot of stir in my imagination. Yeah, why? Like what what's invigorating about it for you? What what does it do for I you? I think it just gives a much greater purpose to what we do. Yeah. However, in some cases, I mean, we were all guilty of finding our work to be mundane sometimes. Sure. You know, there are those high highs where you pinch yourself saying, I can't believe I get to do this. And then there's those low lows thinking, can't wait to get out of here. But most of our lives are right there in the middle. And yeah. there's there's a mundaneness to it. And I think when you frame it the way you're framing it, all of a sudden I realize the mundaneness of my day today is actually not mundane because it is an expression of my love and appreciation for God, uh, appreciation for his provision, opportunity for me to be his ambassador, scripture talks about. Correct. I mean, think about Jesus. I mean, here he is, God, comes on this earth for 33 and a half years, and for the first 30 years, worked you know, yeah. and um, we always say he was a carpenter. I think uh, most theologians will dig deeper is really more of a stonemason type yeah. person. So he worked with his hands building, create, and you're thinking, I'm God, Yeah, you know? And uh, I remember one time taking a group of young people on a missions trip up to Philadelphia and, and uh, not to belabor the point, but they gave us a job for an entire week on, in our left hand was a heat gun and our right hand was a paint scraper. And this building had been painted with old paint. And they said, here's what you're, you're going to do all week. You're going to heat yeah. up the paint and scrape off the old paint. Cause we got to put new paint on it. And we were like, yeah, but that's not what we're here to do. We're here to like tell stories of Jesus to little kids on the streets. And and in the camps, and they go, no, yeah. you haven't really earned that right yet, so yeah. we're going to ask you to do the paint thing. And we'll we'll get the good guys who've been trained to talk to the kids about Jesus. They're going to go do that because if you don't do that, they're going to have to do the paint thing. And I was, like, bummed about it. The kids I was with were bummed about it. Like, man, I remember being on the fourth floor under an eave where, you know, bees nests come, you know, wasp nests, that kind of place, scraping, trying to reach this little corner. And, you know, here I am with this heat gun. It's hot in the middle of summer in July in, in uh, Philly. And this thought went through my mind. It was such a ridiculous thought, embarrassing to even say it out loud. But I thought, I thought to this, I thought, I am Billy Graham's grandson. Mm-hmm. And here I am with a paint gun, and a paint scraper underneath this eve. What in the world am I doing? In other words, I was saying, look at who I am. I should be privileged. I should have a more privileged job somewhere. You know, this is beneath me. It's it's just, you know, from the pit of hell kind of thinking. And the Lord immediately said, but I see it. Mm. I see your work. In other words, it's exactly what you're saying. This is an act of worship. It all matters. It all matters. And you use the the reference of the stonemason. Yeah. I think that's a very powerful metaphor, and I've heard it explained like this. Like, our individual lives are like that of a stonemason. What does the stonemason do? They etch their stone. Mm -hmm. And then an appointed time comes when the master builder shows up and collects all of the stones Mm -hmm. and rearranges them, gardens it, develops it in in such a way that it creates this beautiful cathedral. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was N.T. Wright who, who, who riffed on this metaphor, and he mm. said, think of your life like that of a stonemason. God's mm. giving you certain things to do. Mm. You don't know how it necessarily connects 
or what's going to happen with it, but he gives you words of encouragement. He gives you calling. He gives you opportunities. And your life is like that of a stonemason. You etch your stone uh, empowered by trust and love for God and for others. But an appointed time will come in the end when the master builder, King Jesus, will come and he will collect all of the stones, yours included, and he will use all of those stones to construct the new heavens and the new earth Wow! in such a way that you will walk by, imagine walking by the cathedral and looking up and going, wait a second, that's my stone. Wow! There it is. That's how the master builder used it. And in the same way, we'll be able to look at the new heavens and new earth and go, oh my gosh, that's what King Jesus did with that word of encouragement. Yeah. That's what he did with my calling. I couldn't see it in the moment. I It was just mundane, like you were saying. I was just doing my little part, thinking, what am I doing? I'm Billy Graham's grandson. What what use is this? <laughs> That's how King Jesus used mm-hmm. it uh, to make a beautiful world. Oh, so true. It was such a humbling moment for me because yeah. I was so arrogant and prideful in that thought. I'm Like I said, it's embarrassing to say it out loud. I guess if we say all of our thoughts out loud, it's pretty <laughs> embarrassing. But, uh, but I share it with this uh, family here. Yeah. Um, I want to pivot a little bit and uh, just tease everybody because we're gonna we're gonna dig deeper in our next podcast um, about what it is that we do at NCF as it relates to this space because I think this you know today it's been a fascinating conversation is in a sense as to the why why is this an important area for us as believers to lean heavily in yeah. and as NCF South Florida we have through our LifeWork Leadership Program, what we now call LifeWork Journey, which is in essence a truncated version of LifeWork Leadership, um, a program we called Convene, uh, another uh, incubator, accelerator platform we're playing around with called Praxis and some other ancillary parts. Of it. So there's there's a lot of different things we're leaning in. And um, I think perhaps we've teased everybody as to the why. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'd like to do is then... Uh, dig a little bit deeper into, explain that. So if someone's listening and say, I want to actually become part of one of these things, I want to learn more about what we just talked about, how would I do that? Sure. So So this vertical is called equip. Mm -hmm. So this is the integration of our faith and our work. And for those trying to get connected to it, I think there are maybe three categories to think of. We have um, ways that we serve business owners. We have ways that we serve business leaders in general, and we have ways that we serve entrepreneurs and founders. And so for business owners, we have a great ministry called Convene, which is a CEO peer advisory group. So once a month, you get surrounded by other business owners of different industries, um, all in kind of the same life stage of, or growth stage, and you get to resource one another. You get to present issues. You sign NDAs. You really create accountability and community. You get monthly coaching, and that's a way that we uh, serve business owners. And that's NCF. a closed group. In that's other a words, closed, that's a closed group. Um, and yeah, it's because it's a very tight knit group. Where you, the group is they're signing non disclosures. Right. They're sharing things that they wouldn't share with others around the table. And uh, throughout the year, you really get very very tight with this group. Mm-hmm. So that's called convene, and that's for business owners. For business leaders in general, we have our flagship program is LifeWork. And we have multiple expressions of life work, but 
LifeWork is really the intersection of a keynote speaker, a local case study, and table discussions. It meets uh, monthly. We have a program in West Palm Beach through a partnership with Palm Beach Atlantic University where we're doing the LifeWork Leadership Classic version. Uh, We have in Broward County in Fort Lauderdale, we have what's called LifeWork Journey. You mentioned a truncated uh, version of LifeWork Leadership. That's in the evenings uh, once a month. And we just launched uh, recently Mm -hmm. LifeWork Journey in Miami. So now we have three regions doing LifeWork, all serving business professionals, business leaders, those that are really looking for the intersection of uh, spiritual development and professional development. Mm. Uh, and they want to meet other people in the community who are in uh, the same place. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, business owners, business leaders. And then for entrepreneurs, we have this new partnership with with Praxis, which is taking uh, uh, people through a founder's journey from ideation, incubation, scaling uh, their their new business. And we come alongside them with mentoring and with uh, just incredible content to resource them. And that's uh, kicking off uh, this quarter. Uh, Excellent. At NCF. Well, I'm really excited for us to, in our future podcast, to dig deep into each one of those. Yeah. Because, for example, LifeWork Leadership has been around for almost 20 years here in South Florida. And we've got, I don't know, a thousand plus alum. And I'm excited to bring some of those on this podcast to talk about the transformational experience they had by joining LifeWork. And then as we think about Convene and these business owners that are you know, committed to a journey together and it's professionally facilitated and they're spending a ton of time and effort towards this to even have some deeper understanding of what that is. Because I'm sure we've got some listeners who go, I actually need something like that in my life. Yeah. I've never heard of that. How do I join? How do I become a part of that? And I'm, again, I'm looking forward to having some some future podcasts on just that. And then obviously this new launch with our partnership with Praxis, which I'm sure there's people out there going, I've got this idea of something I want to launch. I've got this really creative business idea and and I want to, I, I need help getting it off the ground. Yeah. Not just I need an investor, but I need people to help. And again, for us in our space as NCF South Florida, where we're talking about you know, whole life generosity, that's an expression of whole life generosity. I'm taking the talent God has given me, and now I'm doing it in community with others. So the proverbial iron sharpens iron. And I think it all falls under this, am I saying it right? Avodah. You got it. Avodah. Home run. Home run. Oh, man. I feel very proud of myself (laughs) today. So so it's great. Thank you, Brad, for taking the time to join the team and bringing all your talent and expertise. And uh, I think the... um, as we think about the future and all that still, we have a lot of gardening to do here in South We do. We're just getting started. I agree. Okay. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Absolutely. Pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Brad, thank you for joining and, and educating us a little bit of what it means to integrate our faith and our work. I've learned a new word or at least I'm learning to pronounce it, Avodah. I hope you all can practice that on your way home from work today. Oh, by it's not work, it's worship. Can't gotta stop saying that. So Avodah, our way home. Thank you again. And if you'd like to know more about how to get involved with NCF South Florida, particularly in this space of faith and work, go to ncfgiving.com forward slash South Florida. 
You can always reach out to us. You can reach out to Brad. The information is there on our website. But we look forward to getting you engaged in whether it's LifeWork Leadership, LifeWork Journey, Convene, Praxis, all these things. We're looking forward to going on a journey with all of you as we live a generous life. God bless you.